1: or any way that I can make this a better experience for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. Hey Maggie, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited. I feel like we have so much uh, synergy, like you're a your new friend, and I just saw that we have like a lot of, uh, I feel like we're very aligned in how we look at things in terms of like health and fitness and stuff. So how are you doing today?
0: Good, good, thank
1: you for having me. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, I, we were just talking before about how cold it is. <laughs> so I'm yeah. I feel like I've I've been traveling a lot lately too, so I'm like constantly adjusting to all different temperatures. But here, the temperature just dropped really quickly. Like yeah. we had a whole heat wave, and now all of a sudden we're in you know 60 degree weather, which seems like we're in the tundra for. Southern
0: California yeah I mean in San Diego too I think even even last week it was like pretty hot and over the weekend it started raining and now it's just really cold really cold (laughs) yeah so you are a, a
1: fitness and life coach and fellow podcaster as well tell me a little bit about your journey how did you get into fitness and then life coaching
0: yeah absolutely so I first got into fitness because I wanted to lose weight and look better just like a lot of people and when I finally started my fitness journey I ended up actually with an eating disorder because I was just like starving myself and doing cardio for hours at the gym and restricting my food because I thought that was the only way that I could get the body that I wanted. So after I overcame that eating disorder, got back to this balanced lifestyle and, you know, like finally got the dream body, I realized that I still wasn't happy. Like mm-hmm. I had, I had the body, but like now what? So, <laughs> so then it's I, so funny. I know like the, uh, like that, I feel like that's pretty common
1: and it's common with a lot of things, not just like, you know, physical uh, pursuits, but you know, like we get the dream car, we get the dream house. Right? And then they're like, okay, now
0: what? I'm supposed to be happy, right? It's supposed to be like a light switch. Yeah, you know,
1: yeah.
0: like you think you're going to be happy, but once you get there, you're just like, is this it? <laughs> um, so after I got my dream body, I realized that something in my life was still missing. And I- had to figure out how how I could stop relying on these external things like my body to make me happy. So then I dived deeper into personal development, and I found that in order for us to be truly fulfilled, we have to master four areas of fitness. We have the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, and that is what i talk about on my podcast that's what i coach women on in my programs so that they can really live that life that they really want to live without trying to fill an internal void with something outside of themselves i so love it so i have
1: a show it's called whim what is movement and that's what we explore we explore the healing power of movement and how movement helps people to heal emotionally mentally physically and spiritually so I absolutely love that, and I think it's really interesting, though, that you felt like you found that kind of journey kind of after your uh, physical journey. Uh, I always say that I feel like, you know, most people do get into fitness for aesthetic reasons, Mm -hmm. you know. I I think there's like kind of a backlash on that. There's been a a real pushback, and, you know, we have this whole rise of the body positivity movement, and, you know, which I have opinions on that as well, but (laughs) I feel like you know, I never want to disparage it because I think that it's kind of the gateway to personal development. So I'm really curious how you feel about this. Like, I don't think personally, I have experienced that. I don't think it's really possible or maybe it is possible, but very few people really enter, you know, a fitness journey and don't end up realizing that there's a whole personal development journey there to be had as well and how what are your what are your thoughts for yourself personally and for other your clients and other people you've seen?
0: Yeah, I definitely think that when when you do get that dream body, you've realized that it wasn't even that that goal that you wanted to reach all along that was going to make you happy. It's the person that you've become on this journey and that person that you're becoming that requires a lot of mindset work, a lot of mental and emotional strength to actually get to that dream body so you know with fitness is rarely about what to eat and and how you work out like we know that you just gotta be in a caloric deficit to lose weight you you gotta eat more to build muscle like people know that already but why don't we ever do that why do we have such a difficult time and I think that's because we don't have the mental aspects of that to keep us going because fitness is a lot more than just you know let's eat this eat some broccoli and eat some chicken and rice like we we already know but why do we still have an obesity epidemic because people don't have that mindset that it takes to work on these goals yeah absolutely absolutely
1: and what do you think uh what do you think it is about the that finish journey that teaches people to do that because it's not easy right so you would think that most people would rather than like you getting your dream body, why not just say, okay, great. Like, I'm happy. Why dig deeper? What, what do you think it is about going on that journey that makes people want to continue to
0: work on themselves? I honestly think, I mean, for me, it's it feels good when you, when you keep on working on yourself and you keep on reaching the next goal. And, and I've talked to a lot of people as well. It's like, once you reach that goal, you're, you're happy for a second, but then you're already looking forward to that next goal. And I think we really get a lot of satisfaction from that growth process of actually reaching the goal rather than getting there. Because when you actually get there, you realize that nothing in your life has really changed. So I think we really just get the enjoyment of keep on going. And I was talking to someone the other day, and, and we were kind of making the analogy of if this was a game, you just keep on leveling up and, and you kind of get like a dopamine hit every time you reach your goal and you're like, hey, now it's time for the next level. <laughs> like you're on the video game, you get to the next, uh, you, you kill your yeah.
1: creature, <laughs> creature, you go to the next level. I, I totally relate to that. But I think there is like a challenge in that as well, because we can get caught up in this cycle of chasing, you know, the destination, you mm-hmm. uh, syndrome where we're constantly chasing what's that next goal that we can con- conquer what's that next thing that we are we're, we're searching for and that can be you know void in of itself so how do you you know for you personally or how do you advise people to keep that in check that to really be working on themselves and they're not because you were saying before about it being like not chasing something external mm-hmm. and in a sense although now you're putting work in you're still chasing something external and you may you, you know you're like a hamster on a wheel you, you might never get to where you really want to be you may get that goal you may get that dream body that dream house whatever it is um you know that max bath squat or whatever it is but then what right so how do you really do that work and find personal fulfillment through it as opposed to constantly chasing that. Mm,
0: so. right so what I tell people is that in order for this to be a sustainable thing this change that you want in yourself has to come from a place of love so if you are trying to Change your body because you hate your body so much and you hate your current life. That's why you want to get to that next goal. It's not going to be sustainable, first of all. And then you're constantly on that chase of that next best thing. But if you come from a place of love, like if you already say that, I already love myself, and that is why. I'm going to make these changes and these changes are coming from love. Not only is it sustainable, but I really believe that it's the only way that you can make a real lasting change because, you know, with people on their fitness journeys, people go on these diets all the time and, and they don't last because they, they do it as a way of almost, hating themselves so much that they want this change so badly and they're chasing after this thing and they realize that this journey it's so difficult that's why they start quitting and that's why so many people don't make it but if you are doing this genuinely because you love yourself and you're okay with taking this slow and you're okay with enjoying this journey, you're gonna make some real lasting change and and you don't get stuck in that cycle of constantly chasing. yeah
1: no I so agree with that. That's a lot easier said than done, right? Mm-hmm. It, <laughs> self-love, is, it's become very trendy. You know, people talk a lot about self-love and, and we we have, uh, I feel like along with that comes a barrage of uh, advertisements for spa treatments and like many petty and, you know, indulgences. And uh, personally, I don't actually really think that that's self-love at all. Not to say that we never need those things. We we do. And I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of them, you know, not just say they're not great. But I don't know that that's really self-love. So how does someone find that? And do you think that the process can help them or do they have to start first or? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So there is a difference between self-care and self-love. So I think when we talk about self-care. I would actually even argue that those things aren't even always self-care. Like for some people they are. And for some people
1: they actually need a little more tough love as self-care. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, when we talk about self-love, it's not just let's get get our nails done let's get our hair done that's not (laughs) self-love self-love comes from within and and is something that you can't seek from outside of yourself like again if you're trying to seek something from outside of yourself that's not self-love and self-love is really diving into the deepest parts of yourself like maybe the darker parts working through your weaknesses working through your traumas and bringing these things to light and that is what real self love looks like it comes from within and you kind of have this energy that that is pouring out from the inside out that that cannot be stopped because your your love for yourself is so strong and i really believe that self love is the only way to really understand love because we get into relationships with people sometimes and you know we we say that we love our partners but that love comes with expectations a lot of the times. We say, oh, I'll love you if you do this for me or if you love me back or if you validate me. Like we get into relationships a lot because we want someone to make us feel loved, but that's not real love, that's fear.
1: Yeah, and it's also conditional, you know, mm-hmm. when have not, uh, that's not really what we're seeking. We're really seeking something that's unconditional.
0: Yeah, and like when you do get into that conditional love you start getting it's easier to get attached to people so when that thing is taken away from you when you go through a breakup that's why you're so heartbroken you're like well a part of me that is not missing because you are using that person that relationship to fill your void yeah
1: yeah uh, although I think there there is something real to when you really miss a person absolutely <laughs> uh- <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's not always just a void breaking up can be hard yeah (laughs) breakups can be hard absolutely um yeah I guess that could be a whole separate conversation but there's a Mm -hmm. I think there's a huge misconception people often confuse or they conflate interdependence and codependence Mm -hmm. you know and interdependence is actually a fundamental uh component of a very healthy relationship Mm -hmm. you you don't want to be so separate uh, that you're not intertwined But you don't want to be codependent on each other. Mm -hmm. And so when you feel that void, you know, there's an element of that that is very real. You're interdependent on that person, and that is a huge part of your life, if if it's a healthy partnership. Then there is the other side, you know, somebody who's codependent, and they feel like they've just lost a part of themselves, because in a way, they have. Part of their identity Mm -hmm. has been stripped from them. So... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like you have two separate identities as individuals and then you have this, this union identity together. And, and I feel like you have to be able to be by yourself first before coming together. And, and when both partners are able to do that, that's when you can create a beautiful relationship.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you feel like there's an element of the finish journey that teaches you your teaches you about yourself and how to make yourself whole to engage in relationship with others whether yeah otherwise yeah
0: yeah so I mean I feel like this personal development journey is a journey to finding finding things within ourselves that That will make us whole and complete because I mean, I believe we were already born whole and complete, but with societal conditioning, we have been taught to maybe cover up parts of ourselves, because we're afraid that the world is going to not accept us. So I think it's really coming back to who we are at the core, so that we can go back to that whole and complete version of ourselves. And that is the best place to be if you want to get into a relationship because when you are whole and complete on your own then that's when you can go into a relationship really with the intention that you want to give to this other person instead of always thinking what can I get out of this and and you can really pour that love into the other person without expectations of getting anything in return but you know the irony is that when you do give so much you will get it in return yeah
1: yeah oftentimes yeah yeah it's
0: really true yeah so I want to just you said that when
1: you 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 had an eating disorder when you first went into your fitness journey
0: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: so I feel like that's very intertwined with this notion of self-love you know or lack thereof right Mm -hmm. um what how did you heal yourself and how did you transition uh to a much healthier relationship with yourself and with fitness and yeah body image and all of that what was that journey like
0: yeah so I mean I'd have to talk about why this happened in the first place yeah yeah, (laughs) so fair (laughs) uh so yeah I I went through a period where I I was really just hating everything in my life I was a little bit depressed a little bit anxious and that was the period when I just lost my mom. So when I was 16, my mom passed away from cancer. And at this point, my dad was already in jail. So my dad is still in jail at this point. He had been in jail for, I don't know how many years now, like five, six years. But asked for what? Um, For his business. So he's he's actually in jail in China because his business wow. is in China. So Are you from China. I was originally, and then when, when I was like 10, yeah, like when I was like 10, 11, my mom um, brought my brother and I here, and I haven't been back since since then, um, but my dad stayed back in China for business, and when I was 16, you know, I, I lost my mom, and I was forced to become that that kind of care caretaker role in in my life and my brother who's five years younger than me I had to take care of him too so after I lost my mom I really got down this this path of wanting to control everything in my life because I had lost control and that was something that I was afraid of I was afraid of losing control because I realized that there is so much that is out of my control and losing my mom, it was something that, I mean, I didn't see it coming that quickly. Like, I knew she had cancer for six years, but I didn't know that it was, you you, you know, like, it was going to end that that quickly. So, I lost control in my life, and I was just using you know, every opportunity to hold on to control. And it started off with controlling my body and controlling my food and how I exercise. And that is why I got that eating disorder because I realized, well, the only thing that I can control right now is how I look and how, how I present myself to other people. So I decided that I wanted to lose like 30 pounds. Um, so I started going to the gym and started Um, working out, doing cardio and doing all that. And it just got down this very unhealthy pattern where I was eating like 800 calories a day um, to lose weight and doing like three hours of cardio at the gym every day. And eventually it became like not sustainable to the point where there was this one day (laughs) <laughs> i remember just like waking up in the morning driving somewhere and almost passing out behind the wheel because i was just so hungry and i think my blood sugars were so low and yeah i got to a point where i was like very skinny i i got to like 120 pounds and i'm 57 so that is like tiny
1: yeah
0: <laughs> um so after that i decided that it it was no longer sustainable and and i didn't want to live my life like this anymore so, so
1: was it that that moment where you almost passed out in the car that was that like a turning point for you what was a turning point for you
0: it was a little bit after that actually yeah. so <laughs> I, yeah. I i was in a relationship back then and my my boyfriend at the time actually saw all of these habits going on and he a few months after that encouraged me to start lifting weights because he was very into weightlifting so he was like well why don't you just try it out instead of you know starving yourself and doing cardio all the time why don't you try lifting some weights and I was resistant to it at first because I thought you know like why would I add another piece to this when I'm already doing so much why would I want to do more but I realized that once I started really getting into lifting I could stop doing as much cardio. Um, And, and I, I slowly started eating more. And it just became this thing where I dived very deep into into fitness, I just wanted to learn everything about fitness and nutrition, and how to really live a balanced lifestyle. But, you know, on the other side of that, I had an obsession then with fitness and with nutrition. <laughs> right. So took it to the other extreme where I was going to lift like seven days a week, no rest days. Um, I was tracking my my calories like to the gram and I was just being obsessive with it. And it took a while for me to find this balanced point where I, I'm not starving myself and I'm going to the gym and eating healthy, but I'm also not obsessing over that because that can also get very unhealthy. And I think that was the other side of my eating disorder where where I, I only allowed myself to eat foods that were cooked, weighed and tracked by myself. I'm pretty sure that's an eating disorder in and of itself. Uh, (laughs) so it just yeah it's all about finding that balance in your life and you know like enjoying life sometimes because life is life is so short so why why you know put yourself in a position where you're so strict all the time and not enjoy your life if you're miserable all the time what 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 is the point
1: right where what what's the end goal there so Mm -hmm. what was the turning point there How did you, did you even recognize what you were doing or were you just caught up in it? Like, did you realize that this was not a healthy pattern or, you know, were you in denial or did you realize it and then it took something to snap you out of it?
0: I was in denial for sure I <laughs> I didn't listen to anybody and and I just wanted to do my thing at the gym and, and track my food all the time and I thought it was healthy like I thought that was healthy eating and healthy right. healthy living <laughs> um, and then I started actually seeing a therapist for for grief for for getting through my mom's death and I was telling her about all this and she she actually pointed it out then she says oh it sounds like you are developing this this kind of obsessive behavior with your food and I was telling her I was like there's no way this is healthy eating this is what you're like what you're supposed to do and then I mean like she planted that thought kind of in my head even though I didn't believe it at first a, a couple weeks later I realized that my strength at the gym was just going down and I was just so tired all the time and I even lost my appetite and you know and that was something that that made me start questioning what is what is going on because my my purpose you know for going to the gym is is to get stronger is to feel good about myself but every single time after a workout I was just fatigued and I would have to take a nap after every workout and I was trying to figure out why and I started doing some research and then, And I realized that I was actually overtraining myself. And that is when I came across the idea of overtraining. And and that's actually a thing when you go to the gym and don't take rest days and when you don't eat anything else. And I mean, like my calories are still pretty low at the point, like even after my eating disorder, at that point, I was eating probably like 17, 1800 calories a day. So I feel like it was still low for a person my size. Sure. Um, and for that activity level, sure, yeah. Yeah, so after I realized I was overtraining, it it pushed me out of my comfort zone to finally take a rest day from the gym. Like, it's it sounds... <laughs> it's it, it tough at first, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was so resistant to the idea of taking a rest day. I was like, if I take a rest day, I'm gonna lose all my progress, but... Yep but I decided to just take like three or four days off completely, like force myself to do it. And I realized after I went back to the gym, I actually got stronger. And like, whoa, <laughs> what is this? I didn't lose
1: everything and
0: Yeah. So I'm like, well, the rest, it was worth it then. Like it's, it just showed me that I was actually overtraining, and rest is important for recovery. So that's when I started realizing that, there is this balance point in the middle where I can enjoy my life I can take rest days and I can eat a little bit more than you know 1800 calories a day like nowadays um I mean I I don't even track that often anymore but I feel like I eat like around 2500 calories a day which is like normal for a person my size
1: sure sure (laughs) Yeah. I always say that
0: there's, I I
1: mean, there is overtraining, but I think the majority of what happens is under recovery. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's people who are not matching their rest to their training. They're not matching their nutrition to their training. They're not uh, matching their lifestyle to their training. You know, if you train, you, you know, go that hard, you need to recover that hard too, you know?
0: Yeah. You you know, like, yeah, like rest, like rest is like the the crucial part I feel like of building muscle anyway like you're not building muscle in the gym no you're tearing them (laughs) yeah Yeah. you're tearing them down yeah they don't rebuild unless you let them rest and
1: recover Yeah, yeah for sure for sure so what how did you start to heal from that how did you start to find some balance like well, you know, I, I I I get that you know you took those three days and that was kind of a light bulb moment. Oh wait, recovery is actually mm-hmm. important, and I am actually stronger now. But then I I would imagine it probably wasn't like overnight that you're like, okay, I can just find this perfect balance,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, balance is it's hard, you know, to find. I feel like in life with anything. <laughs> if we're out of balance there there will be a problem and I think a lot of our lives is trying to find the balance point between extremes and finding that balance point was kind of like pushing myself out of my comfort zone to actually try new things and 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 to try actually eating out for once um and and try enjoying myself a little bit more and It was a long process like this is not something that was done overnight I I'd say probably like another six months after that is where I really found that balance where it didn't didn't feel guilty anymore for eating out so when I didn't feel guilty for taking rest days anymore so it's just like with anything the more you do it the better it's going to get. It's like training a muscle. The more you do it, the stronger it's going to get. And and with finding balance, it gets easier over time. So just keep on practicing. For sure. No,
1: absolutely. And it's always a journey, right? Like, do you feel like you have uh, days or moments where those, the old patterns start to, you know, default, or you feel like it's, it's, it's harder to
0: stay in balance? nowadays not anymore because i have been out of that for a long time but before when i was on that recovery journey yeah like there were days where where i would just get really upset at myself because i took a rest day or if i went out with friends i'd get really upset so yeah you you do fall back into these old patterns because they have been there for so long but if you just keep on going with it, it's it's eventually going to stick. It's like reprogramming your brain. And the more the more you do it, like it all comes down to repetition. Repetition is the mother of skill. And then you keep on doing it again and again. And eventually you get to a point where you feel comfortable with that balance.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that that's such a, a good uh, lesson in general. But I think people expect... All types of progress to be this clear mm-hmm. path, and you know that's usually not the case. I would say it's almost never the case. You know, usually it's a little bit more like rolling hills. You know, and then we eventually you get there, but we it's not a straight narrow path.
0: So for sure, it's it's consistency with everything <laughs> for sure
1: for sure. So you you immigrated here
0: from China. Do you speak Chinese? Uh, I can't do it that much anymore I I do understand so when people talk to me I'll understand but I can't really get my head around the grammar and all that stuff anymore <laughs>
1: right sure and how old were you
0: um I was like 10 and okay. about to turn 11 I think okay I I'm curious just about
1: like the the transition like and how you feel about your citizen now you're an American citizen
0: uh not yet oh no okay i i'm a permanent i have a green card like so i'm a permanent resident but i'm not a citizen yet because i think you have to be uh i think there's a thing where you have to be like a permanent resident for a certain amount of years before becoming yeah so (laughs) something like that but eventually That's, that's the goal yeah
1: awesome um so i'm curious with you're talking about like consistency and habits and how do you feel like you're in San Diego, which you didn't get as much of a lockdown, like you kind of went in and out of lockdowns, right? Like gyms were open for part of that?
0: Well, actually the majority of COVID I was in LA. So I moved to San Diego like two months ago. Yeah, like about two months ago. So I was in LA and and we were all all shut down. Oh yeah, no, I I know, <laughs>
1: Monica. So yeah, so talk to me a little bit about that. What are your thoughts on like, you know, the lockdown, your personal experience, your experience uh, with clients, and just transitioning and how uh, adapting? Yeah,
0: yeah. At the beginning of lockdown, I decided to purchase some equipment. <laughs> um, so I got like a set of resistance bands. I found. I actually found a barbell on Facebook Marketplace, so I... Oh, you, you were a lucky one. <laughs> yeah, I found a barbell for, like, $50, which was insane. Yeah, you, you really lucked out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I got a barbell. Got <laughs> Black online. market stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still have it. I think I'm going to sell it. It's, like, sitting over there in my apartment right now. <laughs> wow. But... Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk later. Yeah, but it's, like, I... I realized that I wanted to obviously keep on making some progress if, if not just like maintain my progress. Yeah. Um, so I got my resistance bands, I got the barbell, I got a set of 20 pound dumbbells. So, so those were all the things that I had and I just like started doing home workouts and, and I know a lot of people didn't even have access to these things which you know like i am extremely blessed that i was able to find all these things right. and i have heard people like some of my friends were like using gallons of water <laughs> and all that yeah. stuff yeah totally. yeah <laughs> like I, we have I, used yeah. everything <laughs> yeah
1: which i think i i thought it was amazing like, to see how creative people got with things and i also thought it was really interesting to see you know I I was actually just talking to someone about this this morning that for very specific goals, you need to train. I mean, you know, if you're a football player, you need to play football. You know, if you Mm -hmm. run, if you run the 200 yard, you you need to do that, you know, Um, but I think for most people, if they're looking for, you know, health, fitness, they want to look good. They want to feel good uh, for, you know, you can really do a lot. Like it doesn't have to be in a gym. There's actually you can get a lot of benefit. And I think that some people get very caught in this very narrow kind of mindset of I have to be in a specific place to do to, a mm. to workout. You know, I have to have certain equipment. You know, and again, if you're trying to, you're do, doing something that's sport specific, you need that equipment. But did you, were you surprised by how much you could do just in your space with what you had?
0: Yeah, so actually, you know, I... At the beginning of lockdown, I I did have the mindset of, of oh, like I can't make make my progress now. There's no gym. But the really interesting thing was when I started doing these home workouts, since in the gym, you know, like I was so stuck in my routine. I was always doing my same like couple exercises, my same routine. When I switched up my routine, I actually made more progress at the beginning. Because of that, of that new, new like, um, yeah, of that like newness. Um, Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I I actually made a lot of progress in the beginning, which which was very interesting. That you can still make progress at home because you're doing something different than what you were doing before. And I think a lot of people get stuck in their routines and they don't want to change things up, but it doesn't hurt sometimes to do something different and see how your body responds to that. And I feel like another thing is just having a mindset that is adaptable to two different things. And this goes back to control. Like I had a crazy control issue when I first started controlling my body. And then I started controlling my business when my body was out of the picture. And after I stopped controlling my business, I realized that that didn't work. I started controlling my future, making my five-year plans, and when things didn't go according to my plan, I would be super upset. And with 2020, the biggest thing that I've learned is that your plan might not work, and and you have to be okay with that. And I had a lot of plans at the beginning of 2020, and you know, with COVID happening and everything shut down. None of my plans went according to what what I had planned them to be. And at first I was getting really upset, but the biggest lesson was that life is always going to be changing and you you can't control things outside of yourself. The only thing that you have control over is your reaction to things and how you respond to a situation. So you can be the person who sits there and gets upset when things shut down and, and you're now giving up on your fitness goals and you're just angry all the time or you can have this adaptable mentality where you try to control your own situation and and try to make things work around what is happening in the outside world because we don't have control over the outside world yeah is that really freeing to have that kind of revelation yeah you know (laughs) i (laughs) i I have been on this journey to let go of control for the past four years since my mom passed away. Um, So it has been a journey for sure, but I I can say that I'm finally getting to a point where I no longer feel the need to control anything at all. And I I, I don't get upset anymore when things don't go according to my plan. And I think this goes a little bit into you know the spirituality side when you just fully surrender you fully trust that things are going to be taken care of you trust that no matter what happens the universe will have your back (laughs) then that's when you fully surrender and you fully give up control because you realize that you first of all don't have control a lot over a lot of things but also you don't have to because the universe is taking care of you regardless
1: So I really want to address this because I think this is interesting. Like I think people tend to fall into just as human beings, we're very binary creatures. People, Mm -hmm. it's everything's black and white. That's just easier for people to to handle. You know Mm that notion of it's either this way or this way. And usually things in life are a lot more nuanced than that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So when you say you know like things aren't in your control and you need to relinquish, and you know the universe has your back. Now, I I know you don't mean that means we sit back, we do nothing, and we're just going to be taken care of, right? (laughs) But I think some people, you know, it's it's hard for people to really adjudicate between taking total control and planning, micromanaging every little thing and, you know, doing their uh, very detailed plans and just sitting back and totally letting go. So where is that balance? And what, what does that mean to trust that the universe has your back and it's still, you know, that you still have some power. You still have some control. Because otherwise, that's, that can be terrifying too, right? To just totally give up all of your power.
0: Right. So, I mean, it comes down to finding that balance point. If you're on one extreme, you it's, it seems like you have a problem uh, mm-hmm. in your life. And life gets really difficult when you're on these extremes. So, it's not about giving up control completely. I think it's more about finding what what it is that you do have control over because most of the time I feel like we're trying to control things that we cannot control and we start getting upset because other people are doing certain things and we you know like we like to control other people and we like to play the victim and Mm -hmm. and say that it's not our fault and blame everything on everybody else that's what we like to do we like to control people but we have to start realizing that we only have control over our reactions and ourselves and taking that responsibility for, for, for ourselves instead of blaming everybody else for how things are going, really look at ourselves and, and ask yourself, what is our role here? And that is what we have control over. And when it comes to surrendering and letting the universe take over, you have to understand that this entire thing, your life, and manifestation of everything is a co-creation process. If you try to be the creator like entirely and, and take a universality equation, you just want to go your own way, your life is going to be really difficult because you're going to get stuck in this cycle of you you constantly think that you have to work so hard to achieve what you want, but if you also just sit back and you know when people try to manifest things, they're they're just like, oh, the universe is gonna bring it to me. I'm gonna sit on the couch. It it also doesn't work like that. So it is a co-creation process. You do your part and then let the universe take the rest.
1: I so love that. I love that. I think that's so powerful. And I, I think that that is really. I, I think that is a really tough thing for people to reconcile. And I think that that's where people really find peace and success is knowing yeah, that they yeah. have to do the work. And I love what you were saying about we like to play victim. And I, I, I almost, I, I talk about this a lot. I think that it's almost become trendy to be mm-hmm. a victim. Um, and, you know, it, it's something I find truly abhorrent. <laughs> I, I have such disdain for it. And it, not even because I, I look down on you know somebody who plays victim but it's more because I think it's so damaging to the psyche you know it takes all we're such powerful beings it's just human beings we're mm-hmm. incredibly power, powerful we don't have control over everything but we have tremendous capabilities and I think to you know look at things as if we have zero control and to play that victim and blame things on other people instead of recognizing the things that we do have control over seizing those things and recognizing that those are parts of our gifts you know
0: yeah it's like i feel like the biggest lesson that i've had to learn is just whenever something happens in my life i'm i'm going to turn inward and look at myself instead of looking at how how everybody else hurt me um look at what was my role here and and I can give an example of you know with relationships in the past where my relationships didn't work out there was a point in my life where I was blaming the other person for how things didn't work out and I was saying well only if he did this this would have been good um but I had to realize that it's it's both of us we we both needed to look inward at ourselves so when you go into a relationship you you can create that environment when it's safe for both of you because if you constantly have the mentality of well this other person should be doing this and if you have the mentality of what can I get out of the situation and and how can I make other people do certain things to make me happy that's when you're going to be very unhappy because people first of all, do not like to be controlled, they're going to start <laughs> walking away. Um, but also you you don't have control over people and you're just going to keep on getting frustrated because people are not doing things the way that you want them to. But if you just look at yourself and control your reactions and manage your part, just, just do your part, um, that is when the relationships will get a lot better and you find a lot of peace from that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. I always talk about how I feel like uh, movement is such a, you know, good teacher and metaphor for life. And I think a lot of it is for this reason that you're talking about, like with relationship, you know, when you approach like some sort of a physical feat, you know, there, you have this whole, even just in that one feat, you have so such a journey of emotion. And I think that's such a great metaphor for how you handle But the difference is that you can lash out on, you know, the barbell, the floor, whatever it is, you know, (laughs) they're not going to respond, right? You can't control them. You can only control your, how you approach it, you know, and what you do in that moment. And I think that that's a really good teacher because you start with that. And then when you do have another person that you're interacting with, they're going to bring, you know, all of their baggage and -hmm. emotionality and circumstances to the table. um, And then you deal with that. But if, if you can start with recognizing how you deal with it, when it's your own journey, I think that's really powerful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when you do get angry, because other people are not doing things the way that you want them to realize that when you get angry in that moment, you have lost your own power because you're letting something outside of yourself anger you and and you're saying someone else has the power over you to not change how you feel. So if you can keep down your own anger and and keep your own emotions in check and have control over your own emotions, that is where the real power is. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's really interesting in the current climate. (laughs) I
1: think a lot of people are feeling very frustrated, angry. Um, you know, certainly I think people were feeling that way with the things being shut down. People couldn't work. Um, a lot of people couldn't work. You know, some people were able to adapt and shift. Um, but you know, there's there's a feeling of being out of control, you know, and then certainly right now we're in a very heated kind of climate. um, and people are know, So what what is your advice to people? How do you deal with that? You know, there's, there's a reality of sometimes we, you know, we get angry about things and, you know, we can sit back and say, okay, maybe, you know, I can react to this differently. And there's no reason for me to really be angry. Sometimes there are things that really are, you know, maddening (laughs) and it's, you you have every right to be angry. And I, I think sometimes anger is healthy. You can channel it, right? So what is your advice to people? How do you, guide them through
0: that yeah so I mean you have every right to feel whatever it is that you want to feel if you want to rage if you want to (laughs) like hit hit a pillow do that and you know (laughs) emotions are really there to show us different things like if you start getting if you start getting angry like feel it out and don't don't let it get stuck in you because I feel like a misconception is like people think that you have to be happy all the time or else you (laughs) yeah yeah or else you know you're you're gonna manifest something that you don't want like that's what a lot of people think but you have to be able to feel it out because emotions are just energies in motion if you don't let that energy pass through you it builds up inside of you and one day someone is going to trigger you and you're gonna lash out and you're gonna dump everything that you have been holding on to for the past like like five years onto somebody else who had nothing to do with it. So it's it's important to let that energy flow through but understand that once you have felt it out don't don't stay there. Like if you're getting angry over something don't stay there and don't stay in this consistent place of anger and figure out why you were angry in the first place. And I would really look at now, after I have felt that out, after I have sat with it, now what can I do to create a solution instead of, you know, sitting there, pitying yourself, playing the victim? Feel it out and then move forward with your life and, and figure out what is the next step that you can take to now try to get yourself out of this situation. So I think it's just important to not stay there but you, you have every right to feel whatever it is that you want to feel.
1: Yeah, absolutely, right? I think that's really powerful. Really well said, absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I want to ask you, so you do both fitness coaching and life coaching, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you do them like together? Or you
0: work with people more separately on both or? Um. So I have two separate programs. One is just for like playing fitness nutrition. I mean, we obviously work on mindset cuz that's a big component of it. Yep. Yeah, but it's more for like your physical body. We want to lose some fat, build muscle, all all that type of stuff. And then the other program is for women to manifest and attract their dream relationships and that is by working on your mental emotional and spiritual health so when we do work on these areas we end up attracting somebody else who also has has their 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 stuff in (laughs) check because I think you know like we attract exactly what we are so in my past relationships I can look back and and say that the reason that I didn't have a partner that I wanted was because I wasn't even there yet. And I, I attracted the same behaviors that I had within myself. So the moment I started pulling the focus onto myself and looking at how I'm able to change myself to become that best version of me, to become really the woman of my own dreams, like that, that is what what really then made me manifest and, and attract the partner that is right for me because then I brought in someone who was also doing the work on himself and he became the man of his own dreams before <laughs> before we we then came together. So I think the most powerful thing that you can do is is pull the focus onto yourself so that you you let almost the universe deliver that person to you when you are ready. So that is what I help women with in my other Program is called Magnetic Attractor.
1: I love it. That's Thank awesome. You. Very Thank cool.
0: You. Yeah, and I think that there's such
1: a synergy, you know, between the two. And you're working on your, because right, we're mental, physical, spiritual beings, right? It's the the there's not not we're not one or the other. You know, the the age old Cartesian dualism <laughs> is a we we disproven that, right?
0: Yeah, I mean everything is like interconnected. Yeah, if you don't have like one of these areas in check, I feel like you're like out of alignment. And and what we really want is is to have all these areas like equally in check because you're you're only as strong as your weakest link.
1: Yeah, interesting. I I'm curious your thoughts on that because I feel like a lot of people talk a lot about working on your weaknesses. And I actually feel very much the opposite. I always say like, not that you should neglect your weaknesses, but your weaknesses, I personally think are never gonna be your strengths. So, you know, sometimes we, uh, you know, kind of like lose the forest for the trees and we get so focused on our weaknesses and we lose our strengths, which I believe are our gifts. You know, those are the things that make us unique and special are the things that we do well. And those things should be harnessed because then you could really fly, you know? Um, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I mean I believe definitely focus on your strength instead of you know trying to focus all your time on turning your weaknesses into strengths. I I really believe that we have different strengths for different reasons. Like we, we're here to do different things, but you know, when it comes to your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual fitness you you can't neglect your weaknesses. Like even if you don't don't spend all your time working on your weaknesses and bringing that into strength, you still can't neglect one area. So like let's say I mean even in your life, like let's say you're so focused on your business, like your strength is your business and that's the only thing that you ever want to do and you neglect your weaknesses, maybe it's your emotional side and your relationships, you kind of don't have a life that is in balance. So I think is also just coming back to that balance point yeah. where there there isn't like an extreme or the other yeah no absolutely that's a
1: balance is a, it's tough it's tough to walk the line mm-hmm. <laughs> I was a gymnast I, I literally think of like you know the balance beam oh. you know, really yeah. top, you know? It's, yeah. and so much of uh, like even just walking on a balance beam was really about having that uh, Pulling all your extremes together. It really was. You know, you had to be centered. People think of a uh, balance beam as being like this very delicate thing. I think that's kind of the perception of it, external, mm-hmm. you know, watching it. And it is, it's beautiful. But it is actually not. It's very grounded and be- you're mm-hmm. that's your anchor. Um, you have to be very connected to it. You have to be very rooted. Um, you know, and most of that balance comes from the midline, it comes from the core. Um, right. And I think yeah. that. it's a it's a perfect metaphor because i think that's really true in everything you know you have to find the center in order to find balance i love that yeah (laughs) awesome well do you have anything else you'd like to add or can definitely tell people where they can find you but yeah okay
0: um well first of all thank you for having me on your show i i enjoyed this conversation a lot um and I think I'll just leave everyone with this with this one last thing. And is that when you are trying to find this balance in your life, it's it's not gonna be comfortable. <laughs> like whatever you are working on in your life, you have to be willing to step out of your comfort zone. And even if you don't even if you don't want to do it, you know, life has a way of making you step out of that comfort zone because if you are always comfortable you will never grow because if we are just always sitting there why would we ever want to step out of that comfort zone so life has a way of of throwing things at you and taking things away that are not serving your your highest purpose so just be okay with with that happening and be okay with being uncomfortable and know that in the midst of that uncomfortability, you are making the most growth. And there is, there's a lot of beauty in the darkness. And yeah, yeah. (laughs) and where people can find me. um, I mostly hang out on Instagram at Maggie Dong underscore, I have a podcast uh, called Mind, Muscle Enlightenment, where we just talk about physical, mental, emotional and spiritual fitness. And My coaching programs, I have the fitness coaching that's confidently lean and magnetic attractor is for attracting your dream relationships.
1: I love it. And I want to end with that you're talking about getting out of your comfort zone and how there can be growth there. That's Mm -hmm. the perfect analogy is when you were talking about how when the lockdown happened and you actually found so much progress because you were doing something different, but it was really uncomfortable. You were used to being in your routine and you wouldn't have stepped out of it if you hadn't been forced to. And that's where you found progress because it wasn't what you were what you were used to doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so
1: much. This was so great. We'll have to do it again. Yeah, for sure.